BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. Is a chemical, chemical, disgusting, 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 and it starts right now. <laughs> oh, welcome back, everyone, and a happy new year Yay. to all of you. Welcome back to a typical disgusting display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I know. New Year, same me. <laughs> um, boy, we had a tough day. We tried to record yesterday, and uh, oh, it boy. did it did not go well. Um, yeah. And I know there's one aggrieved party sitting here. So Goldie, the floor is yours if you'd like well, to vent. So we all agree to find this time when we can all leap on, and and quite frankly, the time is always very convenient for you. Alex Salkin. Yes. Always, you're coast. on the East Coast. You're three hours ahead. So it's like, could we get on at like 4.45 a.m. your time so I can, uh, you know, make my my breakfast? <laughs> so it's like, okay. So, you know, yesterday oh, we all agreed to so meet untrue. so early in the morning. I'm up at 5 to make sure the dog is all squared away. I got breakfast for the kids. I got coffee because uh, I am a, a servant. <laughs> or a good dad. Yeah. No, yes. no. I'm a good just, dog dad. You're a great dog I'm, dad. I'm a guy everyone hates who they tolerate only because oh, no. of the impeccable concierge service they're getting. <laughs> Which, of course, I extend to you uh, in, in, in coming up with a time for this podcast. So we... We all agree on this time. I've made in, incredible efforts to be there on time because it's very important to me. And because when I give someone my word, it means something. Yeah. And we're making a lot of money, let's be yeah. honest. And I'll, I'll add when JC gives someone her word, Ooh. it means something. So whose word doesn't mean anything? Oh, no. Well, so oh, no. after a series of 100 texts where we agree on a, on a doable podcast time, because God forbid we set up a time every week where we just do it and lock into one. Let's just let's just make it like jazz. Let's make the time like, hey, whatever everyone's feeling, we'll work off each other. And I enjoy wow. these texts so much because, you know, like the, the forced pleasantry of it all and the little like emojis. emojis. I, I love that shit. I, I okay? love emojis. I fucking love when someone sends me emojis. I love you got it texts. I love having to respond to texts that say I got it with something else positive because God forbid anyone... Not be left with the best feeling on the world in every exchange in every area of their lives 
or you're an asshole. Okay, so we've done all that. So as we approach the time, which by the way, oh, it's is that even it's a like first joke of the day? First joke of the day. Is it it's even it's a noon joke? for you or whatever. Joke. It's it's, it's eleven a.m. for you, whatever. It's some convenient time. It's insert convenient time for Alec. Eleven thirty. Sure. Yeah. So I've made all these morning preparations, and then five minutes before I get, there's no sorry. There's no no sorry in the text. It just says, there was guys, there was a sorry. Didn't see it. Sorry guys, you too. Sorry I don't know, you too. I, I, like my field of vision narrowed when I saw the text, and maybe sorry was outside the blurry stroke. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Okay, so it says uh, can't make it. There's a generator being delivered and installed at my house. Uh, so the power's off. I don't know how long, but maybe we can do it after. So. First of all, who doesn't know they have a generator being installed at their <laughs> house? It's like a Me. nuclear reactor is arriving. Um, it's been in the driveway. Like you would hear the diesel trucks pulling up your small shitty nook for hours. You'd hear it over. It would cascade. The echoes would cascade. They'd roil over the bay because of flat land. There's nothing in between. So everyone knows this generator's coming within a fucking five town radius. Okay. Oh God. How? First of all, say what you will about me, but how dare you disparage my nook? <laughs> Take it back. Your, your nook is all people who didn't have the guts to storm the Capitol, but like kind of silently agreed with it. Okay. Yeah, well, that's like true. hiding behind that's true. a little like patriotic yeah. decorations is all yes. like, don't tax yeah. me. I love yeah. America, but I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> I know a lot of we back the blue. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of like. Oh, and then a lot of like, well, I got out of Lehman Brothers just in time. A lot yeah. of those people. Yes, they're 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 all. And you here. know, I took I took the tarp money, but that was needed to save the economy. And when I keep my boat in the water, that employs a lot of people. That's your nook. Okay. Yeah, so you have no nook. idea a generator is arriving because and like let's None. put up on Twitter. Let's put up a poll. Uh, would you know if a generator was arriving at your house? A, yes, B, no. And just see the results. Just oh, see, see if people the would results. be aware. Just see if that's something that people think they'd be aware of and decide they would be aware. Feel free to send us an email at a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. If you would know your generator was coming, just imagine also put put yourself in these shoes, okay? Sometimes things just appear. And I have no knowledge that they're coming. And by the way, our power was out for six hours yesterday. I am the victim of this story. You're bloviating, hectoring, pointing a lot of fingers for someone who was 10 minutes late today. By the way, after rescheduling 10 minutes late today. Oops, sorry. We'll get to that. that. We just got to it. (laughs) We'll get to that after your fucking friendship Ending event. Ending. Ending. It's a fee. A friendship ending event. That you tried to like hold up your wife to defend yourself like a guy using like Jack Reacher using a corpse to absorb punches and then punching out behind it. Let's just we'll blow past that. Points for the Jack Reacher reference. I love Jack Reacher. By, you know by the way, another how many Tom Cruise names are almost gay? Well, oh wow, Jack Reacher, Stacy Jacks. Yeah, there we go. There's a few. 
Yeah. Don't don't Amazing. try to diffuse me. This is like <laughs> you're this diffused. is like when you give a dog something from a treat pouch because it's barking at another dog. Yeah. Like, yes, and I it, will, worked. it worked. I will take the treat. <laughs> I, will I know. Take the treat. I know. Very I will funny. Sit and I will give you paw and I will take the treat. Thank you. Thank you for the treat. Now let's get back to work. So, so the second part of this, it's just so obnoxious, is. I'll let you know if we can record later. Oh, okay. I'll just be on fucking standby for an indeterminate amount of time, buddy. And then just be ready to turn it on. Maybe I didn't plan to be by my phone. Maybe I had plans. Maybe I actually planned my day and my day isn't just podcast 22 hours of marijuana yes, and TV while my wife takes care of shit. Let's put up a second poll. And wine, and wine. Is your day mostly A, planned stuff, or B, a one hour plus Zoom that people should have agreed on and then your wife does everything? Just put right. it up there. All right, third poll. Do you think Goldie has any plans on any day during oh, COVID? I have plans. No, no plans. Oh, oh, oh. Zero. Walk a I dog. Have a lot to do get with angry. Kids. Get angry at your family without them knowing it. And then oh, go on with your day. They know it. Oh, they know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, by the way, and sir, the, the coda to this was then when the power did come on. So, of course, I'm, and, and I'll pull the curtain back here. So, my wife and I are. Sitting by the fire, having glasses of yeah, wine in, in, my, in my torturous day. We're sitting by a fire having glasses of wine. Then the power comes back on. So I instantly, I'm two glasses of wine in. And I text you guys like, let's do it. And, and to your credit, you were both like, okay, fine. And, and we all get on. Then came the technical difficulties. And this is where the conversation gets uncomfortable because the shift of blame <laughs> that goes I did now. not feel responsible. That was out of my control. Wait, how did you not feel responsible? Well, because Whose I Whose fault can't... was it? It was the uh, of the spectrum. three of us of the, th- of the three of us on this Zoom. <laughs> I will not take the <laughs> Thank blame. Thank you. And by the way, this is very 2022. We can criticize women now. Yes, it's just, and, we can say yeah. it's, it was and JC's fault. I would fault. take it. I would take it with huge responsibility, but it was yeah. not my fault. Okay, there you and, go. You that's know. the opposite. Was down. That's the yeah. opposite of what you just said in one sentence. You're like, no, I would take the responsibility, but it, it wasn't were, my fault. If it were, if it my, were responsibility. my fault, and you know, I'm quick to be like, guys, I've failed you. I'm yes. so sorry. You and are I, like that a lot, <laughs> and it's probably very annoying to you guys. But <laughs> I will say. I didn't feel that this time. I was like, eh. okay, it's Good. it's sort of like the person who's ultimately responsible for what happened. Alec takes no blame, <laughs> and the person who's not really responsible, JC, takes too much blame. It's it's <laughs> a beautiful long. like fluid dynamic system. <laughs> it, it works. Where it, it levels life. out. The blame just finds a level like water. It does. It wants to go to JC right now. I don't know why. You can't stop. Be water, my friends. But now Um, you were just about to say that somehow you were going to pin the whole thing on me. No. There's no way. This morning you were late after all this. After all this. After all, Mr. I'm professional. I'm ready to go. You were were late. And you were like, Well, because time means nothing now. (laughs) We've established that. In my house, We're in a world where nothing means anything. There is is no late. Time is a fat circle in my house. Uh, oh, and by the way, so fans, you if you listened to our show last week, Goldie had an intro and an outro where he talked about one of us had COVID. And we are ready to reveal right now that that person was JC. 
JC had. Can we say past tense? Had, yes. Had. All right, congratulations. You're Thank out you. of it. Stu's better, too. <laughs> Stu's better. As of yesterday, he, he, you know, he had a video doctor's appointment, and she was like, you're clear. If you have symptoms, you're still past the date where you can now go out into the world. And oh, suddenly God. He well, felt... don't listen to that, the CDC. <laughs> well, it's been a very, I mean, I feel like it's been a very long time since we've been since well, we tell us about it. the COVID experience, because I'm sure everyone who hasn't caught it, like me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, okay. has a morbid curiosity of okay. walk us right. through what it's like to have COVID. Okay. Yes. Well, we were not boosted, but we had two Modernas. Mm-hmm. Moderna, baby. We're <laughs> Modernas. <laughs> and we were scheduled to have our booster on Tuesday the 28th. I started experiencing symptoms on the 23rd. And we had taken a home test because we were told that people who we were with were exposed. Mm. So we took the test and I said to Stu, you know, I'm surprised. I was actually expecting this to be positive. And then from then on, I just got more and more sick and it felt like I started getting very achy. Um, I never took my temperature because I'm just not, I don't like to know those details. I'm just like, I'm sick. I'm clearly Feverish. With their breathing stuff? I So Stu and I had completely different symptoms. Okay. I have the breathing stuff, the cough, um, a tiny bit of like head cold, but not like a severe thing. We both, he had a higher fever, like you could tell. I mean, he took his temperature. Uh, we both had aches. Um, I still have like a dry, relentless cough. Ooh. He does not have a cough. Um, At any time, did you feel in danger or you were concerned or felt like, oh, God, I might have to go to the hospital or was it all just kind of conventional sick? For me, no. I was telling Alec earlier, I've had the flu, which was much worse than this. This felt like a drawn out cold, you know, like it just kind of lasted longer for me. And Stu so at last... So cough a little longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> With Big Red. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, for Stu, he was experiencing... He always felt like he had low blood sugar, even after he was eating clean and healthy, even like drinking Pedialyte. He just always felt like there was something off, like it was a little shaky. And that was a little concerning. That Oh, I also lost my sense of taste. For how long? Still don't really have it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, But I didn't lose my sense of smell, which I think is weird because they're usually hand in hand. Um, So you can lose because, oh, well, you're not boosted, but you're vaccinated. But yeah, you can still lose that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I had thought that wasn't a symptom of Omicron, but I mean, now here it is. And, you know. Do you know you had Omicron, though? I don't know. Yeah. So I don't, I, it, is there a way to find, you can get tested to know? I don't know. I imagine yeah. they can determine that, but okay. I have no idea. Um, but you're well, feeling better. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, I'm oh, feeling much better. she clears better, her yeah. throat. And and it it is a throat. little throaty and, you know, annoying in that way, but like, it's not, I so feel on a, pretty good. On a scale of one to 10 from easy breezy to worst thing ever, how do you rate COVID? Is one easy breezy? Yes. Um, I say for me, it was about a six. Mm. Oh, that's a little higher than I thought. Yeah, because at the peak of the symptoms, I was, I mean, I pretty much like to consider myself like when I'm sick, I could still handle business. I would like, I couldn't, you guys remember, I was just like, I can't 
figure this out. Can we just cancel the podcast? Like, yeah, you were like yeah. Alec yesterday. Yeah, and, I, and that's like <laughs> and Goldie this morning, <laughs> wherever the hell he was. <laughs> like, that's like that is not in my DNA to yeah. to say I just can't I can't handle this right now. Well, yeah. it might be now. It might be in your I know. DNA what if now? it's forever? Oh, well, no. I, this leads me to one of my ideas, which because all the headlines are about the intensive care where the hospitals are filling up. Yeah. And it's yeah. all a concern about that. And I've, I've said this before. First of all, just make every bed in the hospital a bunk bed. That's such a good idea. It's and double brilliant. the capacity. And wow. by the way, yeah. the the less sick person gets the top bunk as the reward and the <laughs> bottom person, because they're so sick, they're not going to kick the top bunk. Right. No, never. So you're not going to have to go in there and settle these disputes of like, nurse, he's kicking my bunk. He's kicking. He wants to stay up late. He's, yeah, he's using his flashlight. You went so just, and then it makes the whole thing kind of fun, like a camp, and, and your whole your ward yes. can have like little songs you sing at night before you go to bed. We're intensive care, intensive care, intensive care, intensive care. We need more than regular care. And secondly, so there, like there's song. always concern about the the doctors and the the nurses and there's a shortage but like what a doctor does in these situations i I mean you've had relatives in the hospital you visit people the doctor comes in for under a minute a day and goes how are you doing yeah oh okay (laughs) look at that uh give him metformin (laughs) the doctor does nothing like most doctors do nothing like okay they're specialists they they know a lot about the heart they do this intricate surgery but most doctors they read the machine and they say the medicine. That's yes. it. Yeah. And it's yep. just by the book. So first of all, promote nurses to doctors in these situations. Battlefield yes. promotion. Ooh, and yes. then, like, we have army reserves, right? Like, these are people who are not regular soldiers. But in wartime, they become regular soldiers. Yes. You get people like me, and you deputize them to be doctors. Ooh. Yeah. I'm a smart guy. My dad yes. was a doctor, so I know yep. some stuff about it. And look, You've all played, the doctor you... in these situations is doing is they're looking at the monitor and they're, based on the reading, saying a medication as referenced by the physician's desk reference, the PDR. Right. And they think they're yes. so great because they're like, don't come in here because you've researched on Google. And it's like, well, you've just looked in a book. Like a book is just analog Google. So it's not that much better than what I'm doing. Like you're just researching. So like give people like me like my my buddy in high school, Sean, was an EMT at age 17. So make every EMT just say, go in the hospital, you can be a doctor. Third, what happened to the field hospital? This was the greatest idea yeah. ever. Yeah. What yeah. happened to tents and beds outside? Make it a big camp with bunk beds. Yeah. Put yeah. it outside. Give people air. Have deputized oh, doctors going bed to bed going, your reading's 82. Uh, take the metformin. This is all we need to do. This, this is a solvable problem. <laughs> I love this. I love this solution. Get the and also you've played, you've played a doctor. Yes. Uh, yeah. Memorably. You know, so credibly, <laughs> memorably, credibly, and very well, I might add. Very, yes. you got to, you scored a huge laugh on, on the wide two. shot, on the wide shot. Oh, the close-up, the close-up. my eyelids started going crazy. Because <laughs> Can I was you so see nervous. that? I got to watch it. Oh, that's I so know. sweet. Well, they, it's not in the movie, but oh. they're shooting. They were smart the enough to keep I don't know if I've told this story on here about my my introduction into movie acting where I booked this part in Ted 2 to play this doctor. And it was in two or three scenes. It was a real part. You know, there were yeah. several lines. 
and I'm very nervous because uh, I don't want to screw this up. And I'm also playing a doctor. My dad was a doctor, so I feel rather stupid. And uh, yeah, I've flown in from LA. I've, I'm staying in Boston. And so I'm, I'm just trying to remember my lines. I'm going to set. And as I'm going to make my first appearance on set, I hear... Ladies and gentlemen, that's a rap on Morgan Freeman. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's not going to be good now. The greatest now. living film actor is leaving set. And here comes this novice who act also has a head cold he's told no one about because um, he knows yeah. the director is paranoid about sickness. Oh, yes, great. and turns out rightfully so. Yes. And by the way, if you also squint in that movie, you'll see um, a... 25 pound heavier me playing obi-wan kenobi oh you put the, did you put the weight on for the role or, or yeah i put it on for the role i'm a pretty serious actor obi-wan <laughs> eat donut i know <laughs> well, I, I used to i used to refer to myself as obi-wan kenobody <laughs> i thought that worked pretty well he's so big he's obi two kenobi <laughs> Oh, that's great. There's so many jokes. All right. Well, that was, that's a very good theory, Goldie. I think that could really work. Just one other short thing that I wanted to talk about today, which I qualify as a Hollywood cautionary tale. Oh, wow. And Goldie, you brought this up in, in a writer's room a couple of weeks ago, and it, it made me laugh more just because of the memory of it. So for those listeners out there who are old enough to remember, in the very early 80s, there was a Kellogg's cereal called Raisins, Rice, and Rye. <laughs> That's right. Raisins, Rice, and Rye. So basically it was just, it, the, the cereal itself seemed to me now in retrospect just to be an excuse to, to use all the stuff that had fallen on the floor right. at the well, Kellogg's plant. Like raisins from the Raisin Bran, rice from Rice Krispies, and whatever the fuck rye was. And let's it, just put it in a box. In their defense... In the 1980s, raisins were a much bigger deal. Yeah, like, I know. They were raisins for no dominated yeah. the 80s. The California raisins. Raisins yes. were everywhere. They were, That's as right. we say in Hollywood, having a moment. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, so raisins, rice. And dry. And dry. <laughs> and the reason Goldie's saying it like that is because the early 80s commercial, it was like three Scotchmen. Three Scotsmen. I don't know how to say that. Scotchmen, Scotsmen. Three Scottish guys, I... older guys. Okay. So, and they're like going to a boat, presumably to go to America. Also, let me just add, they're yeah. all dressed like Sherlock Holmes for some reason. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's just very over the top. Like a lot of wardrobe goes into it. So there are these three older Scottish guys. They're trying to get to their boat to America. But then they're sidetracked by a delicious bowl of raisins rice. And <laughs> So they, they see it off to the side and they're like, oh, shit, we, we're not getting on this boat. We got to eat this bowl of fucking chaff from the Kellogg's plant. So they're they also sit speaking in rhymed couplets. Yes, oh, wow. they are. It's very uh, sort of uh, Burns-ish. They're, they're sitting there saying, Bagosh, Bagoli, Bagorn, you know. Bagosh, Bagum, Bagoli. Raisins is my folly. A cereal <laughs> called Raisins, right? Uh, yeah. So it's this ridiculous ad. And like, so they eat the cereal and they miss their boat. Okay, so wow. I after after Goldie talked about it in in the room, I went because I of course I he rattled the memory of the ad, so I went to go look at the ad and I watched it a few times, and then I looked down at the next YouTube. So that said, Kellogg's Raisins Rice and Rye, 1980, and there's one right below it that says Kellogg's Raisins Rice and Rye, 
1981. So they have a sequel. They have a sequel commercial. And the second commercial, they're sitting on Loch Ness. And the oh, Loch wow. Ness monster, like, kind of what? emerges. They're looking for the Loch Ness monster. Wow. But again, they're, they're distracted by raisins, rice. <laughs> so, so they don't see the Loch Ness monster that's like drifting behind them, and I think ultimately like lifts their boat. But here's the here's the Hollywood cautionary tale of this second sequel commercial. Okay, all three Scottish guys are different. They've been recast, oh, wow. so they could not even. So whatever, what probably happened was the first guys from uh, the Raisins Rice yeah. <laughs> commercial <laughs> probably thought they were, as you said, having a moment, and came back to to Kellogg's and said, "We demand more money for this second sequel. This is our chance to really stick it to Hollywood." And and Kellogg's just said, "Nope." Bye. Three completely different Scottish guys in the ad, and and by the way, the the guy in the second ad who says "Andrei" is way worse. Oh no! The guy in the yeah. first ad is much better. I mean, so if yeah, I'm always looking for a movie idea, and I feel like <laughs> this there could be is. my Trumbo. Like you just do an in depth look at this year. It's a period piece. You've got all the like '80s fashion, the cars. I love you know, it. you start on such a high, they're coming off the raisins rice and dry set of the original shoot. The boat has left, and then you just follow these three as it all yep. falls apart. I mean, this is like a Paul Thomas Anderson sprawling right. epic about great. nothing. Right. Yes. Just about characters. Yes. And like and like plot. how they're, you know, the one one or two of them are at, at an Edinburgh like football <laughs> match and they get a standing ovation. It's a, from the reasons rice and dry. He's yeah. and dry. There, there, he's, there's and dry. Uh, but then they're they're fall off. Of course, cocaine would what's, probably. Have what's on the soundtrack? Ooh, like, don't one. stand so close to me. Um, oh, eighty eighty one. Wow. Was level forty two Scottish? No. My level. No, no. Eight, Jeopardy. That level is Jeopardy eighty three. Or is that I 80? think it's no, a little later. Right. God, I should be good at this. Eighty and eighty one music, by the way, is really bad. Like yeah. I love eighties music, cars? but eighty. Eight, oh, nah, they what? had some stuff in the late seventies and then came back again in like eighty three, eighty four with Heartbeat City. But okay. the eighty eighty one music was so affected by the urban cowboy effect that there was so much of this like schlocky bad like country ballad shit that was uh, sort of wafting around and there was still a lot of like Barbara Streisand and and she's great but it's just like not the pop music that we associate with the 80s but this is somewhere toward the end of act two <laughs> uh, like sex, drugs, and losing it all montage and dry. Set, to, and dry. set to Aerosmith's Kings and Queens. Oh, that's good. Ooh. That's good. We, you know what? We need to think of who are Scottish bands? Like, are the Bay City Rollers? I think they were Scottish. Simply Red? Uh, Simply Red. He was a little later. Oh, that I weirdo. I love that song, though. <laughs> yes. Holding back the years. Oh, yeah. that makes me feel it in my hat. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a funny thing that from Raisins, Rice, and Rye, Riding High in 1980. Yeah. Nope, we're replacing all three of you wow. in 1981. It's like cut to a year from now, a typical disgusting display is just three different young <laughs> yes. people. <laughs> and who would notice? By the way, we never even have risen to the level of the end rye. So, yet. <laughs> yet. 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 <laughs> all right, well, we're making a joke of ourselves, so we might as well get into it. Let's get into the part of the show that's killing us. Let's get in to Johnny Joe. Yeah. 
Here are Johnny's multiple Johnny's. Okay, I'm still scrolling through to see what I'm going to do here. All right, let's start with this one. Oh, this is an interesting story. A, a New York area man who passed as an NFL player in order to collect two Super Bowl rings from the Patriots has pled guilty to fraud. Mm. Yeah. A uh, uh, spokesman for the prosecution citing privacy laws said the man was known to the court only as Eli M. <laughs> <laughs> Stole two rings from the Patriots. I don't even understand how, how you could do that. Right. I know. I don't know either, but I read that story. Yeah. Somebody said they were a player, got two rings, wow. and had to give them back. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> amazing stuff here. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get down to this one. Uh, Tesla. Tesla, automaker Tesla, Uh has recalled almost 500,000 vehicles due to a front camera issue. Uh, But for you owners, no need to hassle bringing them in. Elon Musk simply stands on a mountaintop, blows an alpine horn, and the vehicles come to him. (laughs) (laughs) They're very smart. (laughs) Thank you, Other Johnny. Uh, Okay, well, here's some not-so-great news. Uh, The U.S set a scary record this week, registering Uh over one million COVID cases in one day. Yeah. Uh, Health experts say the massive spread is due to colder weather, low vaccination rates, and Spider-Man No Way Home. (laughs) I I hope it was worth it, nerds. Thank you very much. In Pete Davidson's bedroom. (laughs) There you go. I like that. (laughs) Pete Davidson's boudoir. Okay. Uh, here's the, here's the last one, and it's a long one. Oh boy, <laughs> okay. those are always good. Well, there's a new resident at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, a German Shepherd puppy named Commander. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Uh, though some feel the president is a little too old to raise a puppy. Yeah. Uh, apparently, yesterday he was out in the rose garden playing fetch with the White House Roomba. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All I wanted to do was say White House Roomba. The, the, the dog, in this case, the dog is a herring, a red one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, take it away, other All Johnny. Right. Well, well done, my friend. Thank you, sir. Well done. Very good. Congratulations. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Alimahan Sayiti. Alimahan Sayiti, China's oldest person has died at the age of 135. Wow. Yeah. He gone! <laughs> yeah, he is. She, she gone. She, she gone. gone. Yes. She was married at 17, had 43 great-great-grandchildren, and spent the last 35 years occasionally blinking. <laughs> All right. KFC. Kentucky Fried Chicken, as it was formerly known, now KFC, will soon begin a nationwide rollout of a plant-based fried chicken that they created in a lab. Yeah. Apparently it's delicious, and each bite contains the Colonel's secret blend of herbs and 3D-printed polymers. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. A 75-year-old man in Hawaii died after falling into an erupting volcano. Wow. He's gone! He is gone. Yeah. Uh, Rescuers were forced to flee spewing hot lava and reported hearing the volcano shout after them, Uh, I said a virgin. (laughs) 
And finally, I think I'm going to switch into a, a, a normie, jo- right. a normie joke oh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's more of a, a norm. Yeah. All right. And finally, there's a shortage of pet food, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it's a national emergency. Due to supply chain woes, there's a shortage of pet food. If it continues, dogs may soon have to make do with their first choice. Other dogs <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's oh, great, that's boy. Good. We we uh, one of our three dogs is a big other dogs shit gal. Oh, oh, yeah. oh boy, she can't get enough of it. Can't get enough. Don't of you that. just feel like the weight of the world off you when we finished a successful Johnny Joe? I do. Oh my god. Yeah, those Thank, were great. If we guys. could just wait till 2023 to do the next round, that would be like the, <laughs> the ultimate prize. <laughs> Um, I, I skipped a, a joke that was I was just going to do in my own voice, which I was hesitant to do about Eddie. The, the punchline is just it's Eddie Vedder's birthday. Yay, 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 yay. <laughs> but I, I didn't have the guts. Didn't have the guts. That, that would be a good Viner joke, by the way. It was good. Yes. Well done. Well done, second Johnny. Well done. Yeah, God bless us all. Yeah. Um, now, before we get to our, our theme this week, which is we're going we're gonna to talk about working with celebrities. Ooh, how, mm. how titillating and exciting. Uh, we wanted to read a couple more viewer emails that that caught our eye, and and, and we thank you for for writing them in. And you can always write them in at uh, a typical disgusting display at gmail dot com. Send us any comments or thoughts or criticisms that you have, or hopefully suggestions, because <laughs> we will take them. Believe me, <laughs> and let us um, just know if you'd know if a generator was arriving at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, JC, do you have a, a couple yeah, uh, that we had picked? I do. I have three. All right, sure. Okay. Go for it. This first one is from Bridget Wiley. Hi, Bridget. Yes. Executive. Yes. Extraordinaire. Yes. Yes. Hey, and Happy New Year. I have been listening to your podcast since the start and believe I have listened to every one of them. I do a lot of driving here in LA, so this makes it all better. Wanted to write to say thanks for all the many, many laughs. I work in the business, exec, not writer, so I enjoy, laugh, and relate. And I'm old enough to remember watching Johnny Carson with my grandmother, who was obsessed with his very handsome ties. I could go on and on, but thank you. All the laughter and maybe shared frustration has been great medicine in this insane year. Oh, thank uh, you, Bridget. Oh, wow. Of, yeah. And that's, yeah, sometimes you know, I just want to hear good things about us. I know. I know. I have really no nice. reaction that to it quality. other than yeah. just thank you. That makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. We well, appreciate but, 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 you as well. But, but uh, we appreciate you yeah. very much. And I believe she used to work at 20th. I feel like she was there. Or, I don't know. I mean, she's certainly someone I've been aware of for you know, a oh, while, and yeah. she's ascended to the to the highest peaks of of the the industry. And okay, and we get so. it. You're important she clearly too, has great and tips. you know important people. I, you know, I think I've rubbed elbows with uh, Bridget Wiley before. And and by the way, Bridget, in in the email where you, where you say you could go on and on, please feel free to go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't mind the on and on part. The but opposite you, of me writing. 
I know. I can't go even on, I much couldn't. less and on. <laughs> as, as Stephen Bishop would say, on and on. Thank I you, have Bridget. two settings, off and unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's where you should put your he- head in your hand for your book photo. Um, all right, let's, let's hear another one. Okay, this is from Carla McGee. Mm. And she says my full name, which is really nice. She says, to Janice Cruz Brooks... Alex Aww. Sulkin and Julia Sharp. So I guess she says all of her names. But um, I, um, I wanted to extend my sincere thanks for doing all the hard work and putting out a podcast every week. Thank you for sharing your knowledge about writing, music, and voice work. That would normally be enough for a podcast, but then all of you provide me with over an hour of belly laughs. You have gotten me through dark times while being a caregiver, and I look forward to each new release. All of you are so immensely talented, and for me, this is the best podcast out there. On a last note, although the Johnny jokes cause you much anxiety, (laughs) please don't lose them. That segment brings tears in a good way to my eyes each week. Thanks again, no. Carla McGee. Promote Chicago, this Illinois. woman to doctor right now. <laughs> exactly. I know. Enough. But by the way, she just... You're a doctor. Sure, you're a doctor, Carla. <laughs> Dr. McGee. That sounds like a joke. Uh, Dr. McGee walks into uh, an OR. Um, but by the way, she just ensured that now we have to do Johnny jokes. Yes. It's like uh, yes. in, in all that. But that is, again, that's very nice. It almost sounds like very these were nice. selected just to puff us up. Well, well, there's a third one that was yes. selected oh. to puff yes. you down. Yeah. Oh, no, I thought it was just two. two no, two's good. No, two's no, the magic no. number, right? Everything in this guy's weed addict life is puffing. <laughs> the, the comedy rule of I'm twos. The comedy rule of twos. Okay, that's okay. it then. No. Uh, this is, uh, you may remember this name. You may recognize this name. Okay, hit, um, hit me with it. Frank Townsend. Oh, I do. Okay. Frankie. Well, Frank Frankie from, uh, from high school, Frank Townsend, sure. Oh, cool, yes. So, after last week's episode, listening to fan mail, so this is a little later. Um, right, right. I was inspired to write in. Oh. I, I don't know if your entire fan base is made of people who knew you when, but I am one of those. I also love hearing about growing up in Boston, high school shenanigans, and so forth. I also don't write and don't care to. Oh, okay. Next Smart. paragraph. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alec made fun of me two or three times in high school oh, so boy. mercilessly what? that I still remember the quips to this day. Oh, boy. One was about my terrible haircut. This, he this did, tracks. He had, a, he had a particularly bad haircut, but <laughs> let's keep going. As true on. then <laughs> as it is now, although it got better for a while after the 90s. And one was about my Boston accent. Oh. Ironic, given that your stock in trade seems to be riffing on the accent today. It's true. I'm sure there were more. Goldie, ah. Guy Van Duzer is still alive, teaches at Berkeley, and was seen by me recently ordering a falafel wrap in our mutual hometown of Hull, Massachusetts. <laughs> this is a guy who I had mentioned <laughs> uh, several know? podcasts ago. Yes. That I enjoyed playing his guitar arrangement of of an Irving Berlin song. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And I said, I don't know if he's still alive and he's buying falafels and uh, euros. In home. In home. uh, Check this out. He played at my wedding almost 30 years ago. 
Wow. Jesus. That's so he cool. He got married young. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> keep up the good work. Janice is the best. Oh, thank you, Frank. Oh. Also, have you done podcasts for your top five segment? We don't. We only listen to our yeah, own stuff. I, I listen to. We're like just... Neil Young. Neil Young only <laughs> listens to his own music. That's that okay. was sort of a a routine that was a ten with then a slightly botched dismount where he stepped <laughs> forward and like landed on his toes and then oh. then put his arms up and smiled and kind of saved it. But it's like I, yeah, right. that, that was the weakest part. Yeah. As a By writer, the... that's a cut. You, you had it. You won. Yeah. You had won. You mean Genesis? Take, the best. There you take go, a Frank. knee. As I tell go. writers all the time. Take a knee. Don't get hurt right now. You have won. Just grab the ball, get down on one knee, and let the time run off the clock. Don't try to get one last run in. Oh, I'm so glad Frank has now been insulted by both of us. Oh, that's wonderful. But let me tell you a little something about insulting Frank Townsend. First of all, and I said this, you've heard me say this before, I think I'm probably the, the one of the physically weakest bullies of all time <laughs> so like i'm i'm i was like a, in high school a bully who at, at the first sign of any physical confrontation just w- would be gone right um so the <laughs> best have you kind, ever the, been punched never wow never. wow no no Did well I, I got i've got sort of a matrix thing where you start to punch at me and my head's bobbing you don't know <laughs> no i'm kidding nobody's ever thrown a punch at me you know that's um, insane given your I personality <laughs> i know it really is it really is i think they're vaguely aware that it would be like a hate crime because i'm jewish so oh, wow. i use that protection <laughs> Um, Especially so given Frank, that that nose is just sitting there. I know it's a, it's the it's the first piece, it's Becky. Exhibit A in the hate crime right there. You see this jury? Yeah, the nice turn. The I, I, I was I'm aggrieved. Um, if you were a boxer, the the other person's punch count would be insane because they can't miss. <laughs> like you duck out of the way, you're still getting tipped. All right, come on. I'm, I'm, I held this back. is for Frank. This is for this, Frank. Yeah, I'm just trying to hit back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Frank. I'm sure could have gone there. It, it's it's a, it's an obvious joke, but Frank Townsend, first of all, it absolutely the sweetest guy, in no way deserved to be made fun of. He was a we were it was a boarding school, but he was a, a day student, two way driver, yeah. So, <laughs> so nice. he, and his haircut that he was talking about, and that I obviously talked about. You know how like when you see pictures of like that haircut that's really terrible but popular in Russia. Where like the bangs are all yes. separated, yes. like, like oh, that boy. was the kind of haircut Frank. that he had, which, which was sort of very popular in Massachusetts in the right. early nineties. Oh, okay. Good point. Yeah. Um, okay. So Russia sort of lifted our style. Yeah, Goldie knows exactly what that is. Um, but, I mean, I think I got that haircut yeah, several times, so and, and sort of no matter what you asked for, they'd give it to you. Yeah, because because Massachusetts barbers are not. The oh best. my god! Everything you say you want, it literally. Literally, it's like they zone out yeah. and their hands just start moving. And I'm sorry to, to derail us, but no, it, it just brings back this memory of, so there was this barber shop that's no longer there in my hometown called Avenue Barber Shop, where it was sort of the $8 cut. It was, before super cuts, there were just these barber Local shops barbers. that yeah. were composed mostly of war veterans getting and receiving haircuts right. and they had playboys strewn yep. about they were sort of uh like men's spots Clubs, and anyway yeah. i started going to this place to get a flat top haircut which was yeah. eight dollars right. and there were two guys who work at this place one was <laughs> named victor who was this cuban guy 
And then the other, no one knew the guy's name, and everyone would come in and be like, yeah, I'll wait for Victor. <laughs> yeah. and, and literally, I think they did a Seinfeld about this, but I mean, it was a situation yeah. where there'd be 10 people lined up for one guy, and then the other guy's just standing oh, there. Oh, God, that's so for, sad. I mean, years of his life, maybe giving one haircut a day, but then occasionally while you were there, someone would come into the barbershop who hadn't been in the barbershop before and go, oh, I'll go. Yeah. And you would watch as they their hair would get so unbelievably <laughs> fucked up by this guy. And then literally Victor would have to come over and save that guy's wow. botched haircut. And I don't know what the relationship was, but I do remember so distinctly that one time that, that guy... Started washing a vacuum in the sink. What? And Victor was like, What the fuck, man? What the fuck? What the fuck? That's a vacuum. You can't put that vacuum in the sink. What the fuck, man? What the fuck, man? And he just started screaming, What the fuck, man? And I was at the time 11 and just oh, sitting God. there, you know, waiting in line for my haircut. Oh, but that's so great. great. I love that. Yeah, you're right. Everybody. I always, in the summer, it was just I'd go into Joe and Jim in Weston Center at the barbershop, Joe and Jim, and I'd just get a whiffle. Yes, the whiffle. whiffle. Does anyone use that term anymore? What is that? Just give me the whiffle cut. What's a whiffle? It's like a crew cut. It's like, it's another term for, it's just a very short summer, like, crew cut. Yeah, you'd get a whiffle and then you'd drink a fribble. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Whiffle, fribble. Way to bring it back. (laughs) Uh, Well, so, but anyway, back to Frank. Frank was a a very good athlete, as I recall, like a, a, a good hockey player and could have torn me in half. If he wanted to, should have. So I just, I know he should have. <laughs> then there'd be two of me here. You wouldn't have to be here, Goldie. Um, but uh, so I just want to say, Frank, I, I apologize from very far away <laughs> for all the times that I insulted you. Um, but I hope now that you know, maybe you see like, oh, this guy was some kind of comedy savant. He couldn't help it. <laughs> savant. <laughs> and, and hey, Frank, if you run into Guy Van Duser again. You pay for that falafel or Eero, and then I, I'll Venmo you the money. Just say, oh. hey, guy, this one's on Julius Sharp. Oh, that's so Oh, cool. that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. And I, I see uh, that from the email address that Frank is uh, now a professor at Tabor Academy. So, Frankie, oh. way to go, buddy. Cool. You're, you're molding young minds. Are high school teachers that. professors now? They are. I'm going to call them professors. Okay. <laughs> I didn't battlefield promote Frank. teachers in this scenario. I battlefield promoted nurses and caregivers uh, to doctors. We can talk about the professor thing. That's a separate conversation. Frank, you've been insulted twice now by Goldie, which is as many times as I insulted you in a lifetime. Um, there you go. So, Frank, thank you for writing in. Thank, thank you. you for listening. Thank you all for writing in. And again, a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. Write us anything you want. Yeah. And if it's nice, we'll read it. Yeah. I if mean, it's we, mean, we'll read it. I will say we, we have received other emails. You know, this isn't, yeah. this was just like, we'll just grab a few and, yeah. you know, there's still At more. At random. The, yeah. Pulled them out of the bin. Yes. Uh, they just so happened to be you. all really nice and one that insulted me. Or actually, I insulted yeah. someone else. It made me look like an asshole. <laughs> it, it was a bin laden with emails. Oh, oh wow. Very nice. You know I love that. I'm not going to be able to think about anything else for a while. That was great. <laughs> but let's think about something else right now. Uh, we're going to talk for just a little bit about our theme this week, which is working with celebrities. So when you become a writer, as we did many years ago... You are going to have to deal with 
the celebrities on your show, whether it's the host of a late night show, whether it's the actors on your sitcom, or even the actors on your animated show, they're all going to be certainly more famous than you are. And if they're on this show, they're also going to be like the celebrities of your show. So maybe even if the celebrity on your show is not necessarily like this A-list celebrity, they are a celebrity in your building yes. and and almost demand to be treated as such. So here we're going to talk about some ways, the maybe the best ways and some not so great ways to deal with that situation. Um, now, Goldie, you and I, when we first started, our celebrity, and he is a celebrity, is was Craig Kilborn. And dealing with him... I would say was, you know, they're all different, but Craig uh, had his own feel and you could kind of lock into it right away. And you and I certainly had a, a great time working with him. And I think that he liked both of us, which was a nice thing. But you had to, you know, there was there was always a certain level of separation, like, hey, I'm the star and sure. you guys are my underlings. And and. I think the and more that's you right. can, that's, yes, the more you can be okay with that and be. acknowledge yeah. the truth, like the 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 easier it's going to be for you to work in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have any memories of working with Craig like that? Well, I think first, you know, I had come from I was doing stand up in New York for several years, and then when I sort of got this, and thanks to your help again, this writing job, and I was about to turn thirty, and it was kind of like this miraculous break in my life. I was very nervous. You know, I really didn't want to blow it. So obviously, a lot of times when you're dealing with celebrities, you're bringing in this baggage of you've worked very hard to get to this spot and you want to do a good job. And this person is sort of a gatekeeper and you want to have a good relationship with them. And so the first and most important thing is you got to calm your nervous system because oh, yes. I mean, I was, when I saw Craig the first time, I was tongue-tied. I, you know, you, there, it's just such a, a, a heavy moment for you. And to them, it means nothing because, right. you know, <laughs> I think a mistake people make is they want these interactions with celebrities to mean something. But celebrities, by their nature, have so many interactions yeah. that if they were to make them mean anything for them, then they would be instantly destroyed as people. And They'd it's like burned out. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like, do you remember the fly that landed on you last week? No. No. <laughs> like you can't possibly keep all these flies straight because they're just constant. There's a never ending supply of flies. And to right. them, it's like a lot of people come up to them. People want to praise them and they want to handle it in the right way. But it's just another pain in the ass if you come up and you're kind of staring at them weirdly. And it's, it's, you know, I've been watching a lot of dog whisperer, so I'm thinking in this mode, uh -huh. but there's like a physical thing you can feel. It is a feeling of you're approaching them with your nerves and you can feel their unsure reaction. Yes. And it's a weird thing. And so the first thing, if you have any way you use of calming your nervous system, I would do it. Yes, uh, that's 100% right. And and I feel like we should point out for, for the audience's benefit and for Craig's benefit that he's... Um, Six five perfect skin natural host. So yeah, when yeah. you're when you're walking up to Craig, it's almost like you're walking up to the sun. You know, there's there's this thing of like Especially you, when you're trying to hide your balding. <laughs> I know you can't. A hide series that. of increasingly spare faux hawks. <laughs> it's a very transparent faux hawk. But Craig was a guy and to deal with with Craig, it it was really fun because I you know, it's funny, I think 
in certain situations when I've met celebrities, I get nervous. Like, you know, when I met Michael J. Fox, it nearly destroyed me because I I was so in awe of him. And I'm sure if I ever was lucky enough to meet someone like, you know, Paul McCartney or something, I would just have – when I met Tom Brady, I was completely tongue-tied. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine. um, And just got in there for a picture and got out and I don't even remember what I said. Um, But with someone – again, we talked about the – I know what you said. You said, thank you for all the great Sundays. Yes, oh. yeah, which is which I think was a nice thing to say. Get in and get yeah. out. Yeah, but Thank it's you for it's it's not you know you don't want that on your tombstone. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't great. It wasn't an awesome. It wasn't like a Will Rogers kind of quote. It's or a Mark it's Twain. a like foul ball into the net behind home plate. <laughs> yep, did not a strikeout. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, okay, but there's a thing, and we've talked about this on other episodes where you know when you're first starting in a writer's room, some of the writers in that room will be like celebrities to you. Like when I first worked with Mike Scully, you know, I'd seen his name for a decade in front of the Simpsons and I'm like, holy shit, I'm sitting in a room with him now. But here's the thing. And we, and Goldie, you've been very eloquent on this topic. Look, Mike puts his pants on both legs at a time, just like you. (laughs) (laughs) I just jumps into him from the second floor window in Malibu, both legs at a time. Um, But you have to have a certain level of confidence. Confidence in yourself because you've been brought on board. Like yes. you've been brought into a writer's room because somebody liked your spec, they liked you in an interview. When you're meeting this celebrity who's on this show that you've been brought onto, you also have to have, like, don't be a dick, but you have to have a certain level of confidence in yourself. Again, like you said, your energy, if you have a nervous off the chart, nervous energy around that celebrity, they're going to bristle and they're going to decide instantly, oh, I don't really want to be around this person. I don't like that energy. And we saw Craig do that many times with many people whose energy he didn't like. And then they were never in his office. Whereas you and I were summoned into his office daily because he was comfortable around us. So take a deep breath. Be confident in yourself. You've been brought here. You know, it's not like you've run up on a celebrity and you're asking for an autograph. You're there to work with that person. So take a deep breath, have confidence in yourself, and that'll help immensely. And and remember, like, they're pros at these interactions, right? Because they've had so many more reps than you have. So they've almost got jujitsu-like skills of here's what this interaction is. I'm going to get myself out of it quickly by like Rob Lowe was great at this. He's like, he, he knows you're meeting Rob Lowe. Yes. He knows. And tell the people where you work with Rob Lowe. Uh, on the grinder. Yeah. Yes. I like that and, and he, he, he knows he's Rob Lowe. He knows the effect he has on people. He values his celebrity. He values their adulation. So he gives them a moment, but then he's kind of like, you know, let's, let's get on with our lives a little bit, which yeah. is totally the right thing. Right. And I think, Craig was that way too, like, because there were people who would come up to them and it was so calculated, you could tell where they would be like, because they knew he liked basketball. They're like, how about that game last night, boss? You know, and and it's like, think about the situation you're putting him in, which is like, what is he supposed to say to that? So I I would encourage people, remember, if you're hired on a show, you're playing a longer game. You're going to be there whether it's 13 weeks or half a year. So you don't have to blow some celebrity away in this first interaction and make some joke and give them like you're going to fall into a working relationship with them where hopefully you will at a time when they need it and value it, give them jokes or lines or writing or direction on set. And then they will say subconsciously, Hey, this is a cool person I can trust. Then you can form a real rapport, which 
will never develop into an actual friendship. Don't count on that. Although, yeah. like, with, with us Craig. and Craig, it did. Yeah. But that's the exception. Like, <laughs> yes. when it starts feeling like a friendship, my, my <laughs> second point is don't push it. Just enjoy it for what it is that yes. you're hanging out with a celebrity and having a good time. Don't ask them to do something with you. No. Don't tell them about your kid's party. Don't if yeah, if they don't. are to make some move and they want to hang out with you, you'll know. Yes. Some <laughs> assistant will tell you that that person Funny. would like to see you alone. Otherwise, yes. just keep giving them the lines. Enjoy the bonhomie. Oh, yeah. I love that word. Nice. And that get on with your life French because word. that's, that's a, another thing is I think people get you get so excited that you're living some form of your dream and it's it's very intoxicating to be in play in show business that you can overstep and at the end of the day it's they want their privacy justifiably because yes. again everyone wants to hang out with them which then you know allows them to have the complex of like everyone really wants to hang out with me but no one actually knows the real me and they can write a <laughs> stupid book about it but, <laughs> but you you shouldn't push that i would say and for your own because totally agree it, if you get known as a person who does that it it, it will get back to people and it yep. won't reflect well no and and it's yeah. funny it, it like how the points that we've made in other podcasts about other areas of the business are totally relevant in this spot as well because i remember when we were talking about when you're first starting your writing job be on time you know yeah. be yeah. on time because it's like you said, Goldie, I think very well, people will always think of you as the person who is late if you show up late in your first couple of weeks. There's the same lesson to be drawn from hanging out or, or working with celebrities. You want your first in couple of encounters to be smooth because if there is something weird or you're having a nervous energy or you just seem a little too needy, you're all that celebrity is always going to think of you as the uh, the needy guy or the nervous guy or the sweaty right. guy and right. like you just you just sweaty. don't want to be that <laughs> so again the, the, especially when like here's a situation you may be in okay you know and i found myself in on the set of the grinder like i i grew up watching rob Lowe. uh i love him i think he's hilarious and obviously he's like a stunning yeah. Like he's a stunning man. Right. And so it's it's intimidating to go up to him and they, they go up and they say, hey, can you run the lines by Rob or can you Rob doesn't like this line. Can you come up with something? And hey, it's your job to come up with something like there, there's no option right. Right. to say, uh, I got nothing. Guys, yeah, yeah. I'm not feeling it today. Can someone else come up with something <laughs> oh, man, like do I have to because right. you'll be on set and you'll be pushed into work like sometimes. They'll send you to set to under the guise of um, just hang out there uh, and no big deal. And then all of a sudden they'll do a run through and they won't like the scene. And then they'll look to you and the head writer's not there and and the sort of hierarchy is gone. Now that is, while it's a moment that causes a lot of anxiety, that is a huge opportunity. Because yes. if you step in and you say, Here's a line, you know, and I was able to have these situations with Rob Lowe, I think, where I was like, here's an idea, here's an idea. And he liked him. And then it was like, well, now I got a great rapport with this guy. And it, I didn't have to at any point go up yeah. to him and go, I loved you and all these things. You were so fine. Which he is and was. Yeah. And I would yeah. happily do and say yeah. truthfully. But like, he doesn't need that. He needs a good line. 
Right. Because he takes his job seriously. And because what makes him look good, what makes people remember him are funny lines when he's on screen. And that's why we're all there. And you're there to serve that person. And so now I'm taking Rob Lowe out of this because it's going to sound like this is coming off him, which it's not. But the other thing is, you know, you alluded to being on time and being ready to do your job. And those that should be the expectation for everyone on set. But if the celebrity is not on time and unprepared to do their job, it's your job to not show that this is throwing you, angering you, phasing you, pissing you off. That's really important. That like, there's a reason they're the celebrity and you're the writer because they're irreplaceable. They're the face of it. So like you will have to put up with behavior in them that you would not be put up if you were to do that behavior. And that's just the deal. That's yeah. the way it is. And that, and, and honestly, to, to get to, uh, to Seth MacFarlane, who we've both worked with for a very long time and continue to work for, Seth is notoriously late for things. But again, it's his show. He's the reason we're all sitting here and collecting checks. If he's yes. going to be an hour late, we can't sit there and complain about it. You just have to be ready when he sat in the room to start pitching jokes on his timetable. And that's, you know... A, that happens on so many shows, and you just got to be able to go with the flow. And another another point with Seth, because it's a different kind of dynamic, because Goldie, you, Seth, and I are the same age. If anything, he's a little younger than we are. I think he's a which, year younger, yeah. Which oh. changes the dynamic a little bit. I noticed when I first met Seth on a different show, not Family Guy, it was when Family Guy had been briefly canceled, we were working on a show called The Pits, run by Mike Scully. Fantastic writer's room. But Seth and I formed an instant rapport because we're basically the same age. Right. And we could we had the same frame of reference for things. We both liked, you know, Star Wars. And we both, you know, just kind of grew up having the same, you know, I'm sure he would be hysterical about raisins, rice, and rye. Like, that's <laughs> his whole, or raisins, rice, and... Und rye! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but so, so with someone like Seth who is a celebrity and was the the king shit uh, is the king shit of family guy and has become an even bigger celebrity through Ted through you know million ways through Orville whatever he's now a known thing but our relationship with Seth started off in a different way because we're sort of the same age but there was always like a level of respect that I had for Seth when I first met him because it's like oh this kid who's younger than I am has already created like a successful show. And then it changed because I was working with him on someone else's show. And then when he asked me to come work on family guy, as he did with you, your relationship changes with him and not in it like a terrible way. Like, Oh, now it's all work, 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 work. But all the things you just said, now you're expected to be ready for this guy, to pitch funny lines for this guy, to keep justifying why this guy hired you. And I think that, again, if you can just keep doing that, keep having confidence in yourself and your own ability, keep pitching jokes, even if you have days where you're not feeling it, you know what? Start to feel it. Make yourself feel it. Yeah, that's well, we're that's very how. lucky also because he has that sort of rat packy mentality of he loves all jokes, even at his expense. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So he mm-hmm. like he opens himself up to it in a great way. And that helps everything move along. But I think totally to your point, there's two parts of the job, the, the part of doing the job of when you're called upon producing. But it's also being ready to be called upon 
for however long that takes. And I think, you know, when briefly when I went to acting school in New York and I did a two year program and I wasn't going to be some theatrical actor. But one of the, the major thing was preparing for your moment. And the thing that's hard about theater acting is because of the timing is like, you know, say you have to be weeping because someone died. It's like you don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but you have to find these ways of firing yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. So when it does happen, you can come out and and do it, even if like some lady in the audience just, you know, unwrapped a ton of hard candies and some guy's cell phone is ringing it. You have to like block that out. And so it's yeah. Waiting around is part of it. Yes. And waiting around and being ready to go. It's like yeah. an athlete. You know, I mean, we're not we're not athletes. No, but it's like an athlete. Like if you get if you get called on to, you know, kick that field goal or, you know, go in the game, you got to be ready. Uh, I don't know why I made us kickers, but that seems like the most appropriate <laughs> thing that we that we might be. I'm trying to think of any other people along the way that I mean, we had to, you know, on dads, that was a whole different thing. When you work on a sitcom and you've run your shows you have to deal with actors and it's it's a slightly different dynamic if you're running the show and dealing with the actors because you you guys are kind of both looking at each other like they have a level of respect for you and they're expecting stuff from you and you have a level of respect for them because they're the performers but it, it was just the dynamic there was was a little bit a little bit different so one of the more difficult situations especially when you're first starting out can be when you're on set and you have to note a celebrity's performance because we talked about yeah. we we don't like getting notes and no <laughs> certain actors i i honestly don't understand the actor's perspective whether they like it or not i think actors sometimes like writers tend to be insecure so it's you know am i doing okay so was that good was that good was that good but yeah. really the subtext is kind of like that was good wasn't it and yeah please don't tell me it wasn't good. And if it wasn't good, please tell me in different terms that it wasn't good. But I might be reading into that. I just don't know. I don't actually understand it. You're right, because it goes both ways. I feel like the natural instinct that we have as writers is like, don't give me notes. Everything I write is perfect. And I think we put that on actors. And I think a lot of that is true. I think a lot of actors do feel that way. Like, don't fucking give me a note. I've been studying this shit for 20 years. But I also think that there are actors who like getting notes because they feel like the showrunner has a clear vision of what they want. And that gives them like a certain level of confidence, like this guy has a vision and I'm, and I'm going to ride with it. But it's, it's difficult to know who those different people are and you have to figure it out as you go. Yeah, I think conveying that sense of vision is important because, you know, on United We Fall when Jane Curtin was on the show and she's someone who I, I couldn't even believe we got and just have and continue to have so much reverence and respect yeah, for that's amazing that the first time you're out there and you, you're thinking to yourself, Oh, I really want to kind of like give her a note on this performance. You know, the, the thing that I found that works is they're like us. It's like, they want to hear in the clearest, most concise term possible, what you want. And they'll either agree with it and disagree right. with it and either do it or not do it. But what they don't want is to sit through a bunch of fumfering yeah. and rambling and like fake praise to get to the, you know, I love that, but when I'm really, you know, and that was great. And so, but can we try it? Like you could just say, Hey, I'm thinking in this scene, she's a little more nervous than you're playing her. And then she might say, well, why would I be nervous X, Y, Z? And you would say, I think you're nervous because X, Y, Z. And they'll either make sense or not. And the best thing to do is to just say what you think and have them say what they think and hopefully come to a better performance 
which is the goal. And because the goal isn't to make you feel good for interacting with celebrity. The goal isn't to make them love you. It's to just be in a workplace and get work done that's yeah. good work. Like and get the best result possible. And the, yep. the bigger the star, like the more they actually know and appreciate that. Uh, that's 100% right. I think the, the overall note here is to have an appropriate level of confidence in yourself when dealing with celebrities. You have to, it's, a, it's something you have to figure out and it's a case-by-case basis, but you have to have confidence so they respect you and they respect what you're doing uh, yeah. and they don't think that you're like some meek little nervous energy person that they don't want to be around and they can't trust. Yeah. So appropriate level of confidence, not overconfidence because we've seen that and that goes horribly as well. So you have to find that appropriate middle. And be succinct. Yes. Because yes. if I they want to talk more, they'll start talking more. And that'll yep. be your cue to talk more. Right. Yes. If they don't want to talk more, you shouldn't be talking. Yeah. So nope. one, two sentences you want and get the fuck out of there. So um, when I was at SNL, I, was, I worked in the music department as well as the audio department. And often I would be tasked to learn a newly written song just for table read. And if Eli, the musical director, was too busy working with the cast, he would assign me to the host to teach them to sing the song. Right. So let's say, right. let's say it's Liam Schreiber. Schreiber? Schreiber? So I don't yeah. know if he let's, can let's sing. Let's pick a celebrity whose name you know. I know. Well, I, <laughs> I just think of him because when he walked in, he's very, he has like a very intimidating presence. Yeah. And I walked, he walks in and every time someone comes in to learn something, I don't, I'm not like, hey, how's it going? I'm not like my normal cheery, interactive self. I just say, hey, here's the song. I just go straight to it. I'm not here to make friends. Right. But he he could sense that I was a little nervous. Yep. And he made a joke. I don't really remember what it was, but the whole room laughed because he knew that I was being watched by everybody. Two Asian ladies walked into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because you don't know him, someone was like, hey, Liev Shriver. And then you all indignant say, okay, I'll leave, but I don't know who Shriver is. My name's Janice. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 get back here. <laughs> uh, but I will say, you know, in every one of those instances, you're right. It is about being concise. I spent, you know, there were many shows where I had to do this, sometimes work with a cast and then the song would change in the middle of of learning it and then we'd all have to learn it and then I would be teaching harmonies and there is no time to be best friends I was never really friends with any of the cast members or you know any of that but it's that it's about being concise and just getting the job done and creating the results Yes. As fast as possible. Yes. Yeah. And then point. you're fake friends. And when you run into each other in the future, they're like, oh, we work together. Yeah, it's yeah. the worst. And it looks to everyone watching like you're friends. Yeah. It's totally the worst, though. <laughs> so, so, it, it, so I guess to, to add on, more, more advice is um, if you look like me and Goldie, have a certain level of confidence. And if you're a beautiful woman, you can just oh, okay. kind of go in and everything's going to work out. No. Right? Liev Schreiber will tell you a joke. Right. Well, you, know, <laughs> guess, you do definitely have to have confidence because the second you don't, that you just, nobody will respect you. Yeah. They can yeah. smell that. There'll yeah. be a quiet meeting about you and then you won't be invited back. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Confidence seems to be the theme. All right. That was fun to talk about. But now let's get 
to a popular part of the show that we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Oh, there we are singing. That's so lovely. Best thing we'll ever do. <laughs> we have a Top Five this week that I think will be interesting to you listeners. It is Top Five Smells. <laughs> top Five Smells. <laughs> uh, pretty self-explanatory. Um, what well, I I'm happy to go first if uh, no yeah, one gives a shit. Okay, <laughs> my number five smell. I'm going to start off creepy here, like, and let let me just let me just say that this is me as a high schooler. Top five oh, smells. No. Number five is finesse shampoo in a girl's hair. Okay. Oh okay. my god! <laughs> Thank God, I thought you were going to say sniz. I don't know what that is. What is that? It's a euphemism for female genitalia that was kind of popular in the 80s. Yeah, in Massachusetts. (laughs) Ah, The smell of sniz. Nope, it's snizness. Sometimes you need a little snizness. No, finesse in a girl's hair was absolutely a top five smell. And it might be my my, uh, Proust's Madeleine. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, number four. Now we get into an easy one. These are the layups. Bacon. Yeah. Bacon. Oh, number wow, four is bacon. Really good one. I didn't think of that. And now here's one where you may all disown me and get uh, a little cringy, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> number three. Oh my God. Number three, my own shit. Oh, God. <laughs> it's what such is... a sense. I got to smell your shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sense of accomplishment. It's the smell of victory. Oh it means my day is going to go well. <laughs> so live with it. Number three, oh, my, my own shit. There, I'm going to say Whoa. it again. I'm... Okay, moving on from that as quickly as possible. <laughs> Number two, a newly opened can of Play-Doh. Oh, I'll never forget I the smell. I love the smell of a newly opened can <laughs> it's of Play Doh. Take anything seriously after I know. my three. own shit. How do you In not a... make your own shit number two? Also, that just <laughs> oh, what a giant oversight, a huge really oversight. Oh my there. god, you're right. What a what a fucking oversight. Okay, number two is a freshly uh, opened can of Play Doh, and number one again for me this is a layup, and I'm I'm this guy. At the gas station, oh. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. I love the smell of fresh petrol, as they say wow. across the pond. Fresh yes. petrol. Can I go? Because that was my number five. Yeah. Like, go. That's a good, perfect lead, segue. And I thought right that was going to be kind of something I would have to explain. No, nope. it's so oh, good. Go for it. I, I used to it. have these old BMW motorcycles, and they would leak and just oh. smell of gas. Mm. It was, I love it. Felt alive. <laughs> yep. That's nice. number five. Yeah. Number Beautiful. four, Leather. Uh, <laughs> I love the way you said it. Sorry to all the animals out there, but when oh they God. kill tan and hide you, it's one of the great smells. You know you're in a classy situation because you're surrounded by leather. <laughs> Number three is coffee. Oh, yes. oh, nice. Beans of any variety. Yes. Oh, what a great God. way. Wow, Best part so of waking up. Oh, Number two, and don't take this the wrong way, it is fresh baby. Oh, yes. No, it's yes. true. A new it's human not. being. Yeah. You just stick just their so head right into your nostrils. So I, I yeah. hope 
I hope nobody Hell. from QAnon is listening to this because it'll only confirm it what just, they think about it. ends with the smelling. Okay, good, good. But uh, not man, the do eating. they smell good. And number one's a very specific thing. It's when you go into the ocean and then you get out of the ocean and you've been in the sun and then you smell yourself. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. A very that's kind of like your I don't know own what shit. you call that. Yeah. Yeah. That's your version of your own shit. I like it. I'm it's way it. more Yeah. Pleasant. Basically the same thing. All right. Dried well, ocean on skin. Wow. I love that. But yeah, you know, that's like... remember uh, the Seinfeld where Kramer wanted to market that cologne called beach. The Beach. Yeah. The oh, Beach. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. That's great, though. Yes. Great, great list. Well, I, I chose to leave the sort of like. <laughs> Might be creepy sense off because I don't know. I should have just gone with it because yeah, you yeah, guys clearly. just owned it. Yeah, um, we sure did. So my number five is also a freshly open can, but it's of tennis balls. Ah, like, oh, psh. better yeah. than whoop ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. That's a good smell. That's um, a good smell. So uh, number four, yeah, pizza, fresh pizza. pizza when you're walking uh, yeah. down the street, it's like. Pizza's oh my so god! Good. I need I need a slice. Right I know now. we owe it to pizza to put oh it on this list. God. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I don't know. Number three is the smell of wood burning from a fireplace. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, you smell it out. Look, even when you smell nice it out. One. There. Yeah, it's that's a good one. Crisp air, crisp Cape Cod air. Yeah. Oh, and some, you even uh, some Trump supporter fire. making a nice fire a couple <laughs> houses down. Oh, it's exactly. the best. <laughs> Um, number two, this is a very personal one. I'm uh, Filipino is my background. And when my mom makes a dish called chicken adobo, I don't know if oh, anyone's yeah. heard of it. Oh, that's nice. It is, I mean, if you're not hungry, you, or even if you're vegan, <laughs> you're going to want to eat this. So. I mean, can you imagine if Alec ate that and then shat it out? Oh, oh, the combination. Would, yes, that would the be combination. If I had pizza for lunch, chicken adobo <laughs> for dinner the next morning, and a cup of coffee on the toilet. <laughs> oh, oh, coffee, yes. I'm in heaven. <laughs> and then my number one is fresh cut jasmine. It's uh, like, and I was oh, very famous. misfire. What do you know for me? <laughs> I thought you were going to say fresh cut grass. Wow, that no. was a launch pad explosion that no. was. <laughs> no, that was the I, one where the missile favorite. just goes sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Not that great. Everything else was my, great. Yeah, no, uh, I love jasmine. It's my number it's, one. It smells good. You know, it's a personal preference. <laughs> yeah, it's a we personal have preference. And, I think and I'm mixing know, it up with lavender. I don't know any. I don't know anything. Yeah, lavender's overrated. World, but lavender's I remember angry. there was there was a girlfriend I had. And we went to Hawaii, and one of the things she wanted to do was like. A three-way? No, uh, not her. The, the, the one of the things was like, and then there's this day where we can just lie in a field of jasmine. Oh, and I, I think was like, that's probably jasmine. I'm not doing that in Hawaii. I'll go to the spice section and uh, sniff it. I, there's so much else to do. I don't want to lie in a field of jasmine. Anyway. It's so funny, though, that JC saying that totally triggered that memory in you, which is why you didn't like it Yeah, so and I don't, I don't even You're know like, what lavender is, I guess. Yeah, lavender's jasmine. the purple one in jasmine. Jasmine is little white flowers. No, I, I would have thought again, they were both purple. Uh, every, every plant is just a... Every flower is a flower. <laughs> there you I know go. a rose, that's the and poet. that's it. A rose oh. by any other name. It's not Jasmine. Uh, I don't know how to, the rest <laughs> of that goes. Anyway, we have... Those are all great lists. I don't care what Goldie said about your number one, JC. I, I defend your right <laughs> oh, to say it. Thank you. Um, but we have, we have a big announcement about the top fives right now. Huge oh, yeah. announcement. Yes. Which is we want to... Uh, 
incorporate, you know, have the fans involved a little more, give you a little more time to think about these top five lists so we don't just spring them on you. So you have the whole week to think of your own. So we're now going to start announcing next week's top five right now. And right. the way we're going to do it, it's very controversial. One of us has total control, unilaterally is going to decide and I'm going to spring it on these other two right now. And then next week, you know, JC will pick it or the week after that, Goldie will pick it and we all just have to deal with it. So we're, we're eliminating okay. a lot of texts between ourselves. Yeah. Less texts. Which I think is <laughs> good. A lot of emojis. <laughs> we're losing a lot of emojis. keep those emojis. So right now for you <laughs> listeners and for you two, here is next week's top five and there's nothing you can do about it. Next week's top five is top five sporting events we wish we attended. Oh, I Top like five it. sporting okay. events we wish we had been at. That's amazing. To end with a preposition. That's a good one. So there it is. That's a, We think that'll I be like fun it. for everyone. All right, good. Nice. I'm glad it didn't cause mass chaos. All right, here we go. Now it's time to end our show as we do every week on a high note. <laughs> Thank you, Tom Gamble. God, that high note goes on for like an extra half second <laughs> that so makes good. it so funny. Very good comic timing on that high note. Um, would anyone like to start off? I want to go you... last. Can okay. I go? Can I go? Uh, sure, go ahead, okay. JC. So at the end of the year, I didn't get to say what I was, you know, grateful for for the end of the year. In fact, I went with like a tennis thing, of course, which is really not what I should have done for our last one of the year. Yeah, it was lackluster. We it agree. really was. So I don't know. Most people don't know that. I don't even know if Goldie knows this, but when we started, before we started the podcast... I was um, in a recording session over Zoom with Alec, and we had time. We were sort of like waiting around, and it was like silence. And then, I don't know, Alec decided to just start interacting and was hilarious. I was just like, holy shit, we were all laughing. And it made me think, and I was just like, I don't know. I, would, I think it'd be cool to do a podcast with Alec, but why would he want to do a podcast with me? This is weird, whatever. And my friend Ross was just like, just email him. And I said, I don't have to be talking. I don't have to be a part of it. I just think that this person could make a great podcast. And the gift was not only Alec, but was Goldie. Because he, oh, you yes. guys had obviously been talking I about this. I finally see why you were talking about this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took a while to get there, but we got to the real to gold. Goldie. Yes, the gold it was Goldie because, you know, he had mentioned, I've been talking about this with my friend, Jonathan Goldblatt. And I'm like, yeah. what? I am Googling him. Why haven't I heard of him? I'm so, but I was very, I trusted Alec in this. And our very first trial recording was remember goldie you were out in your car and um in the yes. dark and it was still hilarious we had never met it was our first time ever talking and i was like this is going to be a hilarious podcast like i just knew right then and there that the chemistry between you guys and how much i was laughing if i was laughing this much I think Alec is frozen. If I was laughing this much, then I felt like the listeners would be laughing just as much. So I love it. My high note. And is I speak for Alec when I say thank you. <laughs> and we love doing it with you. Thank you. Alec is calling me. Okay. One sec. Let's see what's happened. Okay, so Alec's internet went down. So we are now gonna hold a cell phone up to the mic as he does his high note. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for that touching high note of yours and it's been a great pleasure 
doing this podcast with both of you. And yeah. JC, I remember how nervous you were because you didn't know Goldie, and that wasn't <laughs> what, what wasn't your idea to to begin with. But then the after the very first time that you heard Goldie in any capacity, you were like, "Oh my God, this guy's hysterical," <laughs> yes. which I I have known since '96. So yeah. that uh-huh. was a pleasure. Yeah. But my high note, okay, put me up to the microphone y- you're for this. Here. Yeah. My my high note for this week is Tom Brady again. Our, our big fan, my close personal friend, my Instagram buddy, Tom Brady. So Tom awesome. Brady this week, they had a game against the New York Jets. Things were not going very well. It was in New York. They were losing. It was a frustrating game. But then, lo and behold, come the fourth quarter, they're down four points with very little time left on the clock. Brady goes bing, bang, bong, in for a heartbreaking touchdown against the New York Jets. How heartbreaking was this touchdown, you ask? Well, some big fans of Brady and the Patriots and Jets haters may have gone on to a Jets fan board to read what they were saying. (laughs) Let me share one of my favorite quotes with you. Here's the quote. I just threw my glass table at my 65-inch TV, shattering both of them. This team has humiliated me and my entire family. My wife and kids are in tears as 40-plus guests clear out of my house. Just threw my jersey into the fire pit. I can't do this anymore. Goodbye. That was without question my high note. It may have maybe end up being my high note of the year. I love it. So good. Anyway, Goldie loves it. And I'll just say, just to wrap up quickly, my high note is that my good friend Alex Sulkin got a generator. So I don't have to worry <laughs> anymore sucks. about his power going out pre-podcast. And we did it together, buddy. Congratulations. <laughs> We're done with this podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That has been all for a typical disgusting display. Intensive care, intensive care, intensive care, intensive care. We need more than regular care.